Oh, how quickly the story turns. Last week we heard John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, calling people to this new life, preparing the way for the one who was to come. He was loud and he was brazen. He was the picture of confidence, proclaiming this truth and compelling people to join him there. And now, well, now it's a different scene entirely. This holy way he's been preaching has caught up with him, largely because of how it calls out the powerful and asks them to choose another path. He's been so intent on following Jesus that he's left folks angry and worse, scared. And they have thrown him in prison. It's a cold place, the damp stones offering little comfort, the chains cutting into his skin when he moves. And it's lonely. Visitors come, and thankfully so, because they're his main source not just of connection, but of food. It's a desperate place, one where a soul can begin withering right along with the body. And so now he sits and waits, wondering if it was all for nothing, if it was a sham or if the hope somehow broke down or if maybe he was just wrong. John is tender and filled with longing, asking for a hand with these enormous questions. He sends them with his friends back to Jesus. Do you know this place? Have you stumbled into these questions before? The, how did I think this was going to work? Or the, Where could God even be in all this? Or maybe it's the, okay, I trust you're here, God, but but this is a mess. What comes next? Years ago, I, I spent time with a friend who was deep in some of these questions. We didn't know each other all that well at the time. We, we were mostly connected through mutual friends. But my friend Katie knew that she needed space for her questions. She lived back east and she came out to California for uh, a time on retreat, time to settle in with the questions, to give them room to breathe and unfold and give herself time to be with them. They were important questions and loaded ones. Questions about her marriage and how or whether to continue. Questions about her job and whether to stay. Questions about her city and if it could still be home. And through all these, there were questions about what God might be up to, what God might be calling her to, And how God might be with her, even in the not knowing. 
So often we get the message that we are wrong to ask these questions. We're, we're told they are expressions of doubt and that doubt is bad. In response to this gospel story, plenty of folks chastised John for what they would call his moment of weakness here in prison, where he's no longer sure of, of anything up to and including his understanding of God. But that's not what we get from Jesus. It's not what he says, and it's not the response that he models. He must feel for John so acutely. Here is his dear friend, his cousin, the one who baptized him in the murky water of the Jordan River, And now he's hurting. He's agonizing over both what is to come, but also folded into that question. He's he's wondering if any of it was true, if any of it counted. Did he give his freedom and and soon his life for, for some shiny hoax? I have to believe it would sting for Jesus, too, They've been in the thick of it together. They've had each other's backs right from the beginning. John pointed the way. He laid the foundation for all that was to come. It was John who helped Jesus to know more fully who he was and where he was headed. And now they are apart. They've been apart for some time And John's not so sure about any of it anymore. But Jesus doesn't shame him or call him out or or even push back on these questions. He does not quote creeds or prophets back at John. He does not give sharp, clear answers of any sort. Instead, he He receives these questions, and he holds them with John across the miles, and he offers a way forward. Go tell John, he begins to their friends, go tell John all the good you see. The people healed and freed and fed, the people restored to life, He sends these beloveds back to prison, laden down with stories about where God's love is breaking in, where hope is beginning to reshape the world. These spots where life is a little less bleak than it was when Jesus arrived on the scene. Jesus' response to doubt is not a lecture on so-called proper belief. It's an invitation to notice what is happening, to look for the good, even when it seems like it won't be enough in the face of all the pain in the world. Look towards that, John. Look towards the good and let your trust hang there. Start with this. When my friend Katie was out here deep in discernment about what, what might be next, 
She spent several days on retreat up at the Bishop's Ranch in Sonoma County. And while she was there, she headed out hiking on the sprawling acres of woods and fields. And when she was way out in the hills, far from the last faded trail marker, she saw the trail diverge ahead of her. And she knew that she could turn around and find her way back to where she came from, to what had been. But, but she had no map. And she was on unfamiliar land. She could not make out where either path in front of her would lead. She, she could only see that they headed in very different directions. There were no definitive answers. And she also saw the beauty of the land, the way it was so good, even in its mystery, spread out under the massive sky. It was winter, but, but things were beginning to turn green again. New life was starting to poke up from the gray stubble and bramble. And as she recounted this time of uncertainty to me later on, I heard how she loved the questions right in her own body, in the movement of her own footfalls. She told me that as she looked at these trails and, and at her life, she decided not to try to figure out how to make it down the whole path all at once, or, or even try to decipher where either path would end up. She didn't wait for a, a fully formed answer to come clear, and she kept moving in the questions and the doubt. She opened herself up to what might be, surrounded by these glimpses of goodness and took the next step, and then the next, and then one more. All across life, doubt seeps in. We can lose our bearings. And once in a while, we get huge, precise answers, you know, written out in light. But more often than that than not, maybe most of the time, we only catch a word or, or maybe a fleeting glance. The way forward is, is still unfolding, the curtain still being pulled back on what comes next. But at every step, even when none of it is finished, there is goodness to be found. Sitting in that cold prison cell, John is deep in his doubt, surrounded by these aching questions. Jesus doesn't chastise his doubt, nor does he answer these questions, not outright. But he shows us how to live the questions, how to hold them and keep walking forward. Look for the good that accompanies these huge and holy questions. He doesn't just say it to John. He says it to us, too. Have you seen it? 
Ask your people for their stories of healing and hope. Ask them where God has shown up, even even just for a moment with them. Ask them to slow down and tell you something good. These are the beginnings of our answers. They point us a little further down the trail, even when we don't know where it might be leading us. Because ultimately, following these bits of goodness leads us to the one, this holy one we cannot fathom so much of the time, who we may or may not recognize, and yet who who still arrives still blesses, still brings new life. Your doubt is holy, friends. And your questions are beautiful. Love them, live them well, and let the goodness carry you forward.